Welcome to Career Revisionist with Dr. Grace Lee, dedicated to doers, dreamers, and realists who want more success and satisfaction in their life. This podcast is about answering one question. How can you build a fulfilling career where it's all about doing work you love and growing your income without sacrificing your values? And now your host, she has a secret obsession for those home renovation shows, Dr. Grace Lee. Hello and welcome to another episode of Career Revisionist Podcast. Today is a guest interview and my guest today is Vicente Enriquez and he likes to be called Vinny. So Vinny I met because he invited me to be on his podcast and and I so I went and I was a guest on his podcast and on his podcast he interviews a lot of entrepreneurs where he talks about He's, the entrepreneurs on his podcast share stories of how they had overcome adversities in their careers and in their businesses. And so I was a guest on his podcast, had so much fun chatting with him that I invited him to be on my podcast so you can hear about his career journey. Now, Vinny has a very interesting career journey. He's right now currently in real estate. So he's my first guest in real estate. And you'll hear from him talk about his career journey, how it began in academia, how his first career was so different from real estate, and how he changed industry, changed job functions, and just changed career level altogether. So let's put our hands together and let's talk to Vinny Enriquez. Vinny, I'm so thrilled that you are on my show. Thank you so much for joining me and thank you and welcome. Thank you for having me on. I appreciate it. Awesome. And of course, you know, Vinny, you and I met when I was on your show, you know, it was the podcast as well, your show, The Road to Growth. And we chatted a lot about careers then. We chatted a lot about histories and, and personal stories. So thank you for having me on your podcast. No, I mean, oh my gosh, I, I talk about your your podcast all the time and I'm assuming all your listeners know your story, but if they don't know the story, you better go listen to it. Listen on my podcast, another podcast, wherever you told the story. It's it's a wow, simply wow. Well, I'm sure my listeners and viewers would like to hear yours. So, how about you just give us an an overview, you know, a, a ten thousand foot view on how you how you became to where you are now, and you are a realtor. You're a team lead, and for those of you don't, that aren't familiar with real estate, right? Team leaders are the ones that have multiple real estate agents on your team, right? And so you yes. are leading that team and making sure that they that they are meeting their their sales metrics and the lead generation, right? So that that you know that's where you are right now. You're a team lead. So how about you share with my listeners and my viewers how how the route you took to get here? Perfect. Okay, so. Um, spark notes is, um, at a young age, my parents got divorced. Uh, from there, my dad took myself and my brother, my mom took my sisters. Um, me and my brother went to boarding school. Uh, I went to boarding school at the age of, uh, in the first grade until, uh, sixth grade. Uh, and then from there went to Northern California, moved, uh, then moved back to San Diego. Uh, actually moved to New York for a little bit and then back to San Diego, uh, went to college in the Bay Area. During college, um, I actually was interning for real estate, a commercial real estate company, uh, Marks and Millichap. And I was like, I am never doing real estate. I'm not doing real estate. And so I, I, tra- I got to live in, um, uh, I lived in Prague. I lived in London, uh, traveled to China, South America. I was able to travel a lot to kind of find myself who I was. And who I thought I was in high school is totally different than after I got to travel to who I who I felt I was. 
at that current time. And now I feel like I'm different from who I was then. Um, and so after college, I got into the construction field and I was doing very good in construction, making good money, quality control, doing site, site work. Um, and I was making enough money to buy a house, but it was killing me. Like I was getting calls at nine o'clock at night, 10 o'clock at night, 11 o'clock at night. Hey, I need you to go to this job site tomorrow morning, a two hour drive there or there. And it was actually someone close to me, a mom that kind of pulled me aside and, and just said, Hey, you know what? This is, I mean, yes, you're making good money, but what's your quality of life? Like I would only get to live at my place where I was for maybe five days out of the month, sometimes maybe three days out of the month. And it was just, it was just crushing me. So I, from someone I knew, they knew someone that was overseas that was making very good money out there. Mm-hmm. So they told me they might have an opportunity for me down the road. So I sat down with them, had a cup of coffee. I'm always list, willing to listen to someone if they have an opportunity because you never know who it is or what it is. And you, you can always pick something away from it. So they, we sat down six months go by and I kind of let it go by the wayside, but I got a call and that person called me from Afghanistan. They go, so I have an opportunity for you. Do you have a passport? And I go, yes. They go, okay, can you get on a flight tomorrow? And I was like, well, I have a girlfriend right now. I have a job right now. Um, can I get a couple of days to think about it? Can I get a week? Can I get two weeks? And they're like, well, time goes really fast out here in Afghanistan. So um, it was Monday. I think he called me. He wanted to get on the flight on Tuesday. He goes, I can give you till Friday to, to, to make a decision. And then you have to get on the flight on Saturday. I think it was. Maybe it was the flight on Friday. I don't know. Well, but it was a couple. So it was to do construction out in Afghanistan. Oh, construction gosh, work out okay. there. Okay. And so I go, okay, all right, let me think about this. So I talked to my girlfriend, my course, the girlfriend at the time, and she was like, no, I don't want you to go. I don't want you to go. I talked to my, uh, my, my mom. She's like, I don't want you to go. Uh, talked to, I talked to a couple people. Some people said yes. Some people said go because it was in the Helmand province. And at that time it was one of the uh, more dangerous areas out there. Mm-hmm. And for myself, I go, I needed a way out of, of where I was at. I wasn't making enough to get out of where I was to transition out yet. I was making enough to have a good life or a good enough you know, financial life. So I looked at it and I kind of assessed it. I go, Oh, what's the worst that could happen? You know, if, if I get maybe severely injured, um, that would probably be pretty bad. If I died, I mean, it is what it is. Someone's going to make good money off me, right? The money that I accumulate. So I didn't really, I mean, think about it too much. And so I finally just said, okay, I'm going to do it. So I went out there. I was out there for a year, um, was able to make good enough money where after that year I came back to uh, San Diego and um, got into real estate. Awesome. Awesome. I want to go back to like, so you went to, you went to boarding school, right? And then you went to college. Would you say that yeah, I, I mean, I, I talk about academics a lot, you know, because, you know, I went all the way, climbed up the academic ladder. Would you say that schooling, the formal education system, going to college, would you say that that helped you in terms of, you know, accelerating your 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 career or in terms of have, giving you clarity on what you wanted to do? Um, so the school that I went to, so when I was in, when I was in high school, I was barely scraping by with, um, my grades. I was probably, I want to say I was like a 2.2 or something like that. I was really low. I was focusing on sports. Like I was doing football, doing track wrestling. And I thought I was better than I was right at that age. And so I, um, I went to division three and there I started, my back started getting really bad. I was doing a lot of heavy weight and 
um, and just it, my back, it was, it was hurting for me to get out of debt. So I never really played, played football up there. I was doing a lot of the practicing and I, my ego is too big. So at the college though, the extracurricular activities like doing film, doing radio and stuff like that at the campus changed the way I look at things. Because when I was in high school, I looked at those things as, um, I guess stupid, I guess is the word. Like I looked at it like I'm a jock, this is what I'm doing. And so because I was at a small campus, it was it's the smallest, it was the smallest private or smallest college in the United States that had uh, football mm-hmm. with 90% of the campus or 95% of the campus being athletes. Mm-hmm. So even though I didn't do football, I did track. Um, but being on campus and having small class sizes, yeah. I think allowed me to kind of, understand what I wanted because most of these individuals had the professors had a background of being successful in something like they either own multiple like McDonald's or they they were CEOs of companies and they after they're retiring they wanted to be professors and give back to the community so they gave first-hand knowledge of what was actually possible not just book knowledge and so by hearing those people there it kind of Knew where I, where I wanted to be, but not not knowing how to get there. In essence, knowing where you wanted to be in terms of real estate, or in what knowing way? knowing who, where I wanted to be as a person. Okay. Not not in kind of like what what profession because I I did I did the commercial real estate and I felt that wasn't the right fit for me. Yet I knew I wanted to to help people grow. I wanted to see the. I wanted to see building this person or this thing to this thing and see that, that growth, that instant, that instant growth, instead of being in a cubicle where maybe I might not be able to see that, that thing blossom, if that makes sense. Yes. Okay. And so in the construction field, I was able to see that, but that wasn't really the true calling. And then it probably back into real estate. Okay. So walk us through a little bit deeper on your thought process in how you decided to transition from construction to real estate? Well, I, I so my, um, my sister and my brother got their real estate license before I did. They uh, didn't practice fully. They, they were in the business for a little while and they kind of ventured out of it. Mm-hmm. Yet I needed to find a path for myself where I didn't have, um, someone that was just soaking everything out of me and what I put into something, I would get the return out of it. And in the, in the construction field and the company I was with, it was a family run business. Mm-hmm. And at every, it felt like everything that I did, the credit wasn't given back to me. It was given to someone else. And so I could work basically until I'm blue in the face and I wouldn't get the, the growth potential of it. And so in real estate, it's, it's one of those industries, at least the, from the industries that I've seen, is what you put into it, you can get out of it. And so that was kind of my mindset. I was like, I need to find something that if I'm working, you know, 15-hour days, 16-hour days, 18-hour days, whatever it might be, am I going to get that return out of it or is someone else going to get that, that benefit of what I'm putting into it? Got it. Okay. So now you are in real estate, you know, you, you've, trans, you've made the transition, you got your license, you are moving into real estate for you. What was it that you realized that this environment 
in terms of the real estate industry, the the job function, the the people that you're your surroundings, right? Because the this the environment in real estate is so different from the environment in construction. I don't just mean yeah. the physical environment, but cultural, you know, the things that you're doing, the life's work is very different, right? So at what point did you realize that, okay, this environment in real estate is allowing me to be the person you wanted to be because that was the, de- the decision was I, who I wanted to become. You had that clarity. College helped you with that clarity. So at what point did you realize in real estate that this is allowing me to become the person I want to become? Um, I, it, I, it, it, it's, I'm slowly getting to that point because I know the, the person I want to become is almost shadow, right? It's like that figure but it's own it's like a it's a dark figure right but the the shape of that that person is constantly changing but i know how that shadow should look if that makes sense so i'm constantly that that shadow is making is is becoming a better form a stronger form as i grow as an individual and grow in this business to understand who i can be and what i can be right even mindset was something that i wasn't even aware about or i, I was actually aware about it by some of my other siblings. And I thought it was kind of like uh, hogwash kind of thing. Right. Yeah. And you know, so it, it's, I've constantly changed to that individual and working towards that individual. Yet when I first got into the, the, the industry, I, w- I felt like, you know, I'm one of the harder workers in this industry. And by putting the time and putting the effort in, I was getting the, the results. I was finding the clients, I was finding the properties and every time I would hear someone say, oh my gosh, this is hard, it, I would remind myself of the times when I was, you know, in Afghanistan in the heat and the humidity and people okay. are digging, you know, digging in the dirt and you're like, oh my gosh, you want to see a hard day's work, watch them. Like, like I remember my grandpa that he worked, he worked the fields, like picking fruit and then he did construction and his knees were shot. So every morning he'd have to take a shot of tequila and drink beer the rest of the day. Like just because it, it was that was his way of coping with the pain that he had before he passed away. Mm-hmm. And so I go, I can put the hard work in and get the results. And I kept on seeing that. Okay, I put the hard work in, I get the results. I put the hard work in, I get the results. Mm-hmm. And it's it allowed me to have some kind of peace of life. Like I slowly kind of transitioned, okay, all right, now I need to have uh, guidelines on and boundaries on who I am when I'm leave the job. I leave the job. I can relax, sleep. So I slowly started seeing that person taking shape. That makes sense. Gotcha. It's interesting. The, the, the word you chose was a shadow, you know, and if you're, I don't know if you're familiar with dark shadow, you know, the, 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 the dark passenger, it's like the, the, the term that, you know, behavioral psychologists, they use to describe um, this part of us that sees sees challenge more than support that sees negativity more than than positivity right so i just want to unpack that a little bit when you say it's your shadow what, what do you mean by that you know seeing that that i i knew roughly what what i wanted to be as like a at the core of it right yet to to say i knew what my my that I felt so much enjoyment in giving back to people by helping them grow or um, the real estate aspect of it or being in front of people, talking to them, you know, things like that. I didn't know what it was, but I knew that that feeling I got when I did other stuff in the past or when I 
when I looked at an individual, I go, oh my gosh, I look up to this person. What was that piece of that person that I looked up to? I, it was a feeling, it was kind of a thought, but it wasn't, I couldn't describe exactly what it was, right? So, I mean, I'm slowly figuring out how I could be something like that person and how I become something like that person or that, that individual that I was thinking about, but that, that form is still taking shape. And every day I'm trying to figure out more and more of how to take stronger shape of that. So in five years from now, three years from now, 10 years from now, that shape is, is more defined, mm-hmm. if that makes sense, and more refined. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I think it's so important that we focus on the becoming first, right? And there's, a, there's, the, there's an order to this. And the ordering is very important because most people, when they talk about, when they look at their dream career path and where they want to be, they think about the stuff they want to have. You know, the stuff, you know, whether it could be more freedom in the schedule, you know, or, or more income, it's the stuff they want to have. And that is primarily the, their priority. But really the order is you got to become the person first. And when you become that person, then you're able to do the things you need to do to have what you want to have. <laughs> well, well I, I, the thing is, I talked to a guy, um, Ram, um, on my podcast recently, and it was, he started a bunch of businesses. So I'm talking to him and asking these questions about it. And the one thing that starts picking up after our conversation is he had a lot of failures and a lot of successes, right? But the one correlation to each success he had was that he had a passion for it. And every failure that he, he failed at, he didn't really have a true passion for it. It was a good idea, but he didn't have a passion for it. And I see that more and more when I talk to successful individuals, it's that passion that pushes you to that next step. And so you can want the things you want, but I mean, if you don't have that passion, you're, you're not going to do it consistently. You're not going to wake up and love it. You're not going to want to say, how can I make this better, stronger, so on and so forth. Right. And I always say that, yeah, passion's a wonderful thing, but it's not something you can build a career out of because passions are kind of unreliable. You know, if you think about passion, what it is, is just a strong emotion towards something. And those things are always changing. So building a career out of passion could be dangerous in a sense because they're changing and then they change with the winds. And then therefore, when you're passionate about something, you see more one-sided view of it. And so I always say, instead of pursuing your passion, you pursue meaningful purpose. Well, the, and, I, and I agree. And I think the meaningful, meaningful purpose, yet, and the, 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 the passion I have and I speak of, let's say for real estate example, right? Mm-hmm. There's people that just, they love being on stage. They love talking to people on stage, right? And that's just, that's a, a passion for them, being in front of people. There's other people that, that love doing videos, right? They love doing videos, right? That's just the editing process of it. Some people, they love doing websites. They love designing websites. Right. So you can be in, in in the real estate field. Right. And have that passion of that one item that you really like and have your business kind of veer a little bit more towards that avenue and just do the best videos, do videos every single day, every couple of weeks, whatever it might be, or do speaking engagements all the time, getting people at seminars. So and your passion, like you said, might change over time. And you can, if that passion changes, then you slowly start veering, veering the way of how your business is or how you're in your business or how you're incorporating your business and so on and so forth. I mean, that's at least the way I've seen it, but I, I can fully understand what you mean. It, your, your passion changes as you figure out yourself more and more and you're like, okay, maybe 
Yeah. And that's the thing. Sometimes people don't have a passion. And I've yeah. worked with people like that. They're like, I don't think I'm passionate about anything. And they panic. But it's okay because really you're building a career off of your what's meaningful purpose to you and also what your highest values are. So really underlying a lot of people's passions is because they value it's it's their true value on something and that's why it works right so i yeah. want to ask you Vinny, what are some of what are some of the 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 northern lights that steered you towards this career towards this direction how you know what was your guiding post i mean it's i've realized as i've been building a team mm-hmm. over the last couple of years it's really seeing the growth of individuals, giving back, seeing how I can help people out. Like the in, <clears throat> there can be, I think, a very negative connotation towards real estate, realtors, so on and so forth. Um, and I've I've had that when I've been in business because I've seen people like that. And most people, or not most, I'm gonna say some people in the industry, right? They're because there's such a, a big failure rate, it's about, I mean, old statistics say 95% failure rate after three years, right? Probably newer ones are probably around 80% after three years, right? So 80, 80% of the people in the industry now are going to be out of the business in three years, right? So if, if you are going to more than likely be out of the business in three years, are you working for your clients or are you working for yourself? And more of the time, you're, you want to feed your kids, your family, whatever it might be, right? You're coming out of fear, right? So I've always seen that where people get taken advantage of in this industry, either be it new agents, be it buyers, sellers, because the individual, it might not be their fault, but it's what they, they have to do to survive. And so instead of focusing on you, they're focusing on, on themselves. So for, for, for myself, I've always looked at it, well, I like seeing people get to where they, they can get to. I like to see agents basically being protected and saying, Hey, you can do this. Let's figure out a way how you can do this. You know, it's seeing that growth potential. Like it's, it's gratifying when I can see someone that maybe has been in the business for a year and a half, they've joined my team and now they're closing deals because it was, it was someone that took them by the side and go, how can we make sure that you can get into production? And so just seeing that, that, that growth of either my clients, either my, uh, uh, my team members, whatever it might be, just seeing that growth is that light right there. That's amazing. That's amazing. So how long have you been a team lead now? I mean, this is not something that you get your license and then all of a sudden you become a team lead, right? Well, some agents, they've done that, but no, my, I was, I was always afraid of actually bringing on other agents because I, because I saw how a lot of them would just get soaked up and then kicked back to the curb. And so I, I had a negative connotation towards that kind of stuff. And I was really protecting myself because I didn't want to be that individual that just took someone in and then used them in the kitchen, the curb. So for the first, I mean, four years, I think five years uh, in the business, I was a solo agent and I just did my routine. I did what I had to do. And then I, I went to, uh, I went to Thailand for a wedding. Right. And I was in Thailand and uh, you have a transaction coordinator you bring on per file, right? But there's nuances that like an admin or other people bring on. And I was like, you know what? I need to, I'm in another country right now. I'm waking up in the middle of the night before I go to sleep to, to make phone calls, do make sure everything's going around with my, my properties, so on and so forth. 
And I was like, oh my gosh, what happens when I grow to the next level, right? What happens when I have a family? Like, what, what's going to happen there? So I was like, okay, I need to leverage things. And so I looked at, okay, well, I need to bring on, you know, individuals that can take on the stuff when I'm away. And then I started slowly realizing when I was on other trips, I go, well, okay, now the files are going to be good. Yes. Yet no new files are going to happen. Okay, so how can I do this? And where I can take trips and now the files are going to be good, but also I'm going to get new files coming through, new escrows, new deals. Okay, now I need to bring agents on. And so, okay, well, I need to make sure that my bubble is big enough to support their bubble because I don't want this to be a constant turnover business. I want to make sure that they're growing as individual, right? Instead of them just solely focusing on this aspect of it and then they're only good at this, so they need me for everything else. I want them to be able to grow and so I need my bubble to grow and grow and grow. So it's kind of been a slow transition of saying, okay, leverage, leverage, making sure they grow, but I have to make sure that I grow too to support their growth. That's exactly. And it, it, I love that word, that word leverage, right? Um, it was Archimedes that said that if you give me a leverage large enough and a fulcrum to rest it on, I could move the world. Oh, there you go. <laughs> right? And interesting because most business owners don't slow down long enough to find the leverage that they can have to grow their business. You know, that to find the leverage that they can have to free up their time so that they can serve their clients more. So, you know, walk me through this process. What would you say are the steps that one could take to discover the leverage for themselves? I mean, it's, there's, I think your, your calendar, like I live and die by my calendar. That's one thing that I've been very good at living and die by my calendar. So I would say put everything you do in your calendar. If you can break it down to 30 minutes, an hour, whatever you can do and color code it. Right. So put green for prospecting activities, right? And whatever that might be, prospect activities, do yellow for learning and red for admin, right? I'd say those probably things, if you want to do personal time, you can do blue or something like that, right? But then look at your calendar after a week, a month, you know, two months, whatever it might be. And if you see a lot of red activities in your calendar, that means that you could probably bring on an admin. You can probably bring on someone else that is going to, um, you can leverage right there to do those activities. And then after that progresses, you start taking those reds out of your schedule. And then as you grow and grow, 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 now those greens, you can basically leverage for prospecting activities or whatever it might be. And then you can slowly take those out of your schedule. And over time, you're going to have basically some greens, a lot of yellows and and a lot more blues. Mm -hmm. Right. So I love the way you systematized it, right? So you basically, you just created your own tool to, to give you some red flags or to show you po points in your, in your routine or in your day or in your work that you could leverage. Yeah. That's amazing. Okay. So now you are a team lead, right? What are your team lead and you're a leader and you have a few people under you that you are taking care of, right? What would you say are, you know, the top two principles that you live by as a leader? It's really every day asking myself, am I bringing enough value to my team members so that they're growing as individuals, right? They're growing, succeeding, and I'm growing enough to support their growth. So every day, that's kind of what I'm thinking about. So buying, putting systems in place to, to make sure that's satisfied. And there was something that I learned, I want to say about a year and a half ago, or I'll say maybe a year and a half, two years ago. but I was talking to someone, they said the difference between someone that's doing good and someone that's doing great 
is the good person's focus on each transaction, right? While the great person focuses on the systems for the transaction. So if something goes wrong, right, in a transaction, yes, you want to fix that transaction, yet you need to figure out the system to protect yourself for future transactions so it doesn't go wrong again, right? So when I'm looking at it for my team members, just like I was looking at it for the files, is saying, okay, well, how can I leverage my time? How can I leverage my system to make sure that they're being supported enough and it's still allowing me enough time to grow and also do my own lead generation? Yeah. So talk to us about that. I mean, I love my, one of my favorite subjects is moving from good to great, hmm. right? And good to great. I mean, that looks very different for everyone, right? Some people define I'm good in a different way than other people. So unpack that a little bit because you talked about moving from good to great and you've experienced that as well in your own career path and in your team as well. So what would you say is a guiding principle in, in terms of moving from good to great? Like, how do you, how did you know for yourself that, okay, what great could look like? I mean, I'm still look. I mean, I'm still trying to figure out what that great looks like, great looks like, right? I think um, Matthew McConaughey what talks about one of his speeches, right? And they, he, he talks about because I listen to a lot of motivational speeches and stuff like that. And he was talking about. He goes, someone asked me who I look up to, and he goes, I look up to that to that person I'm going to be in five years from now. Yes. And so then they ask him again in five years. So did you become that person? He goes, No, I'm, my person I'm looking up to is a person from five years from now. Right. So that idea of grade is, is still there in the future. I'm slowly, slowly becoming that individual. And at this time, I am I've, I've changed my mindset of each transaction to the systems that are put in place. Like so every, everything I look at, I, I try to look at it on a bigger scale. So, OK, well, how can I systemize this? How can I make this grow? How can I make sure that. Um, I can leverage myself, leverage technology, leverage whatever it might be to that next level, right? Because there's a cap over time of what's more valuable. Is it time or money, right? And as you, be, as you grow as an individual, you know, time becomes more valuable than money does, right? So it's finding out, okay, well, once I, when I get to this point right there, am I going to have enough time to do all the activities to make sure that each individual in my system, each client that comes into my system feels like, they're the, the, the main focus of my life, that our team is always constantly t- talking about them. Like, is how am I going to do that? And so it's slowly kind of growing from either other, other individuals or from you know, stuff I read, whatever it might be, to figure out how can I do that. Mm-hmm. So it was, just, it was just constantly looking at, at people, looking at things, looking at technology and saying, I need to find a better system for this. I need to find a better way to make this go better. Right. So what, what would you advise to someone who wants to become a leader, right? What would, if someone who wants to become a leader, they've never done it before, right? They want to lead a small group of people. They, um, they, they know what career direction they want to go, but now it's like, okay, now I want to lead a team to do it. I want to bring on a team to do it so we can do more things together collectively. So what, what would your advice be to someone on how they could become a great leader? The, I mean, it's, I think not only a great leader, but um, someone for better for sales or for whatever it might be. Like, it doesn't matter who you're talking to. It doesn't matter who you're talking to. It, 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 that person probably has some information that you can take away from them, right? Because they're seeing the world in a different light because they they travel a different road, right? So even it could be, you know, we could, I could basically be with you for a week, right? Doing everything you do for a week. 
and you're going to see the things that, that happen in that week totally different from what I might see happen, right? So it doesn't matter who you are, who you're working with, who you're dealing with. Listen to them. Hear them out. See what they're seeing. Get their feedback. Now, <laughs> I'll be honest with you. Some of their stuff that they give you might not be the best use of it because you might have worked in a similar path or you might have tried something similar to that. Yet there's always going to be tidbits that you're going to go, wow, that's something that I haven't looked at. There was um, one, of my, one of my previous team members, and she was very adamant about me being um, on social media. I never really wanted to be my face on there because I had like a negative connotation to it. Um, I never didn't want to do photos. I just wanted to have my team, my team name and just leave it at that. And she's the one that kind of put me on the path of saying, okay, well, I need to be on social media. I need to do those kind of things. So now I have three Instagram accounts. I have like four Facebook accounts. I have like LinkedIn. I have all these different platforms now. I, do, I have the podcast. I have two podcasts. Like I have all these different platforms now. And that was, if, if I didn't listen to her, right, I would be doing the old things that I used to be doing. And so every individual that I bring on to my team, I see the value that they have to offer and the information they might, they might have. But I, I'm, being, I be, I'm very selective of what I take in, yet I'm listening to them, trying to figure out how I can grow as a person and how I can make sure that uh, their needs are, are passed on and I'm helping them grow and so on and so forth. Yeah. Amazing, amazing. So who have been the mentors in your life? You know, the ones that you've... Men, like true mentors to you who challenged you, who um, made you do some things that maybe you didn't want to do, but they helped you to become the person you want to become. Um, I mean, off the top of my head, there's, you I mean, been a couple there's, I mean, my, my father, you know, I, I take some stuff from him. He had a crazy worth ethic. Like every time I look at it, that everyone tells me to go, Oh my gosh, you have a crazy worth ethic. I was like, yeah, you haven't seen my father. Like, so, that's one, um, you know, I mean, there was a English teacher that I had in high school that I think one of the things he told me was the idea of, he hates his, he, I remember he told me he hates his parents, right? He hated his parents, but he goes, he goes, I'm the person I am because of my parents. He goes, it's not, not necessarily that I'm focusing on what, who they are, but I'm focusing on who I don't want to be. Right. And I, I mean, at that time, I probably didn't look at things like that. I was looking more of like who I want to be on each individual. And so he made me kind of look at it in a different way. When I was in um, Prague, um, living out there, I was in a philosophy class. And something that that maybe maybe look at the world in a different way is he was talking about the idea of. So we all have our bubble, right? We have our communal bubble. We have our um, area bubble, country bubble, whatever it might be. Right. And you can actually, you can not, you can only know yourself until you get outside of that bubble, right? And so one of the analogies he used or one of the stories he used was the idea that he was an American that moved to, to Prague um, 10 years at that point in time. Mm-hmm. And he goes, the idea that him and, his, him and his wife in the United States, right, if he had a good friend, his good friend and his wife would meet each other, right? So the wife and the wife would meet, Right. And he goes, I have one of my best friends in Prague. My my wife and his wife have never met. We've been friends for six years. He goes, that's not the custom here. That's not how we do things here. So and and I go, well, that's I mean, it seemed like the norm, right? That that's what you do. But he goes, that's not the norm here. It's just that's the the, the American norm, or the Western European norm, right? Yeah. And so you look at everything you do on a daily basis, and you go, well, is that 
me that really wants it? Is it my my norm that wants it? Is it is it this? And so it makes you question every time, be very open-minded to when you travel outside the country or you travel and talk to different people about the way they look at things. Mm-hmm. Because we think that the way we're looking at things is what it is, it's black and white. But it's not like I was I, I was listening to a, a, a podcast and they're talking about it that I think it's like 90% or something very, very high, uh, maybe 85, 80, something like that, that our memories are incorrect, our lies in that sense, mm-hmm. right? And they can be small lies. I mean, small, like false truths, whatever. Yet it's basically how we perceive the world. Mm-hmm. And so it's just, it's, it's being very open-minded to when you talk to someone to hear where they're coming from, to hear their stories, to so on and so forth. Yeah. That's right. That's right. And it's great that, you know, I, I, it's great that you, you know, you're, you have that open mind, you're listening to other people's podcasts and you're open to the wisdom of others. Right. So, I mean, one last question, you know, before we go, one last question for you, what are you excited about Vinny? I mean, in terms of the future to come, the future of work, you know, what excites you about that? Technology. I think technology, if it's, if it's used in the, the right path, Mm-hmm. it can be very beneficial. And I think like just the ability to talk to yourself, right? Talk to, to great minds like like yourself. This is something that if if I never ventured into the podcast world, right? We probably would have never met, right? So I can only imagine as I grow in the technology platform, as, I, as I'm able to, to nurture the technology, right? Um, what other potential is available? So I'm excited about that. I'm excited about the growth. I'm excited about building a team. I'm excited about seeing people grow. I'm excited to get to that next level. You know, so it's it's just it's it's the unknown of what what's next by going on this path and embracing the technology that's available. Yes, very very cool. Thank you so much, Vinny, for yeah. joining me on Career Revisionist. I look forward to staying afloat with your progress as well, and we should have um, a sequel. <laughs> okay, I look forward to it. <laughs> Thank you so much. Thank you very much. Have a great one. Thank you. Thank you.